ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Devin Feehan, how are you, sir? Welcome to ATV Talk. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Hey, not a problem, man. You're making quite a statement back east. What's going on, brother? Yeah. Um, off to a pretty good season so far, keeping everything together and, uh, you know, just trying to keep striving forward uh, based on, you know, what I put together towards the end of last year. Well, does some of the, the fast guys know who you are? And notice yep. you have a lot of respect. Uh, Hunter Hart's one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely raced with him a lot, and um, you know, I think everybody's stepping up their game and um, you know, making strides at the front. So, um, just fill me in a little bit on the the last race. Uh, so where were you? Run. How far back were you? So I ended up fourth at Tiger Run, and let's see, I'm trying to remember that race. I know Walker and Bryson got out front early, and you know Hunter tried to run run with them. Um, I was behind Jared as well, and we kind of got into a group there till the end of lap two, and then I think Walker and Bryson ended up breaking away, and we kind of got in our own little race behind them. Um, you know, basically third, fourth, fifth even sixth place, we were all on a train racing each other, um, you know, kind of fighting for that podium spot. And, um, you know, I think Cole got around a couple of us and then he, he actually ended up taking third. So, um, you know, but Glotta was right there. Jared was in the mix and, um, they ended up stretching it out after, after lap two. Well, that was, a, it was a good race then for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, it, it could have been closer. They were one and two were pretty far away from us, but, um, I mean, it was a five lap race. And, um, like I said, after lap two, they, they stretched it out. And this is your second year as a pro. This is actually my fifth season. So I started in 2018. Um, I won the program championship in 17 and instead of staying back, I moved forward. So, um, I do have, you know, pretty decent, um, time in, in XC one at this point. So, um, you know, end of 2021, I really finally was able to put it together and put some good races in, um, towards the front. Um, you know, I just, when you make that step, it is a big, it is a big learning curve and, um, you know, it's more than just taking one, uh, one step forward as far as the rows. So, yeah, nobody realizes that that, that step isn't just a step. It's a giant leap forward. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're racing against guys that have been in there for, um, you know, many number of years. Um, and you know, it's hard to, you can't rush that kind of experience. Um, you know, I started racing in 2000, 13, you know, on like a 300 EX and, 
Um, you know, just went from like Bruins Heritage Winter Series to uh, the New York Series and then into the GNCCs. Um, you know, so it, it definitely happened. It happened pretty quick getting getting into it. Um, and yeah, I mean, who would have thought I'd be racing at this level uh, by now? So I'm um, just excited to put these good races in. Five year seasoned veteran at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's amazing. And means that if you look at the characteristics of the champions in ATV racing, some of them go deep into their forties. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you can't even really wrap your head around that. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it takes, you know, if you look back, it does take a number of years before, um, some guys figure it out. And, you know, I think Walker's one that came in just, you know, on fire and, um, right from pro-am into the pro, um, made a pretty quick transition there. And, um, but you know, it, it, it depends, um, on a lot of things. So just, yeah, a lot to learn. Are you, you've been riding the same model the whole time? I actually last year in 2021 was my first year on the Yamaha. So I had, I had been riding uh, Hondas ever since I started. Um, so end of 2020, I, I decided, you know, we were going to make that switch. And um, I ended up, you know, building two machines that year for 2021. And um, ever since I've been on Yamaha. Do you think that uh, for the woods, it's a better package? Um, you know, I really liked it. It's, um, you know, I, I do all of the mechanic work as well. So, um, as far as that goes, some parts have been better, um, just more durable. I don't really have to change quite as many parts. Um, so that's definitely helped and just, you know, it allows me to get a little bit more ride time in on machine and, um, you know, more confidence that it's going to, to get, get through the race and, um, you know, I just feel confident with it and that it's capable too. That, that that's a great answer. That wasn't the answer uh, yeah. question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I would say it, you know, I think it's better. I mean, it's, it's, it's working for me and I think it's a, it's a great platform to, to work with. So, um, I'm definitely liking it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I, you know, I've had success with both models and, you know, I love the, I love Hondas. Um, and in most environments, we still run a lot of Honda. So mm-hmm. I always ask that question because you came off of a Honda and went onto the Yamaha and mm-hmm. you see the success that that model has in that environment. And I was just, uh, there's only a couple of people still riding Hondas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, having a good, program with what you're riding is, is a big thing too. And that's something that I've worked, you know, had to work harder on just building a better, um, program as far as, um, you know, just set up in general, but also, you know, uh, sponsorship and just having, um, the right parts on hand to be able to change out in between race weekends and, um, make sure it's going to finish the race. Do you do anything else besides just race cross country? Um, just, just on the ATVs, I do, um, just cross country racing. I haven't, haven't stepped into any motocross or anything like that. So I've been, you know, all in on this. So you ride something else besides the, no, no, I just, just ATV. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> the way you answered that, I thought that maybe there was a motorcycle or something else that you were riding, spending some no. time in. No, no, I did some like bicycle racing and stuff, but that's all cross country as well. So, um, you bicycles in that same kind of environment. Um, yeah, just like there's local series in New York, and um, you know they're honestly all over. Um, but yeah, just for for kind of like the fitness and endurance stuff, but. Um, at this, you know, just to help with the, with the training side of things. So you live in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And do you go down South to train ahead of time or do you just stay in New York? Um, 
I've done both earlier on. I always would stay in New York, but for the past few years, um, I have stayed down in Florida for, um, I started going down just, you know, two weeks before round one and then three weeks before round one. And then this year I stayed down from the end of January. So, or yeah, towards the end of January, um, until round four. So I stayed down this year for, uh, the first four rounds. The, how much of a difference do you feel in your conditioning beings that you were in Florida and where it was warmer training? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you can, you can do pretty well just, um, training in the gym and, and overall just getting your body ready. But I think that the ride time is what has helped, um, you know, being down there, you can ride obviously in warmer weather, whereas, um, at home in New York, it's, you know, ice and snow and, um, really cold, obviously. So, um, I think that was, that's one of the key things I think. Do you do any cold weather training at all? Um, I mean a little bit kind of now, now that I'm back, it's been, it's been cold this week, but, um, you know, I just think that, um, I don't know. I, at this point, it's like I'm home, so I can't really do anything about the weather. But you, you'll ride in the cold? Yeah. Yep. How much of a shock to your system is it going from 80s, 90s, awesome sunshine to cold, gloomy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, a, it's not too bad. I mean, I just kind of go out there, set my goals, what I'm going to do for the day and do it. But I will say that, you know, it's tough on the hands. If anything, it gets to the point where your fingers go numb and then you're washing and your quads icing over before you can get it finished. So that's the fun part. I'm glad I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I live in Southern California. <laughs> yep. the weather's awesome all the time. I wanted to ask you a question when you were talking um, about some of your conditioning, what are some of the things that you do your age, you're young, so you're recovering. You're recovering faster than some of the young, older guys. Um, so, what are some of the things that you do, you know, to train? Beings uh, that you are so young. Yeah, um, you know, I think doing a good amount of cardio um, definitely helps. Just being able to push at the high intensity of a GNCC for the full two hours. So, um, you know, I do mix in like some strength work. Um, two to three gym sessions a week. Um, but you know, cardio is, is the majority of, of my training load. And that's obviously riding, you know, that's pretty much a cardio, um, based workout. Um, you know, I'm out there for you know, usually an hour, 30 minutes sprints. Um, and you know, other than that, it's, um, cycling, running, rowing, you know, all forms of cardio and, um, you know, mixing into strength work too. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually, you know, six days a week, um, training and just fitting it in. So, um, yeah, I've always been pretty adamant about doing that stuff. Are, are you self-taught with most of your training techniques? Um, I've worked with trainers before. Um, but as of, as of late, I've been, you know, doing my own thing and, you know, I try to, you know, read up on, um, you know, training books or, um, yeah, same with nutrition and, and just trying to apply that uh, to this. You also told me in, in your information that you got a degree. Yeah, yeah. So I went to um, SUNY Broome Community College and um, local to me, obviously, um, I did that so I could continue with racing. Um, it was something I could stay local with and, and still be... Uh, you know, putting quads together and riding. So, yeah. That was a tough schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it got, you know, definitely busy at times, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's what allowed me the flexibility to, um, you know, continue with racing. Is the local environment, does the local community um, support what you do or is they are they very involved in, in your racing? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say overall it's been supportive and, um, you know, the New York series is pretty strong up here and, um, you know, just even, 
you know, early on, I knew a lot of people that would ride and race and, um, you know, still do. So I think it's pretty strong. How does the family work into this equation? Um, yeah, so, uh, my mom and dad go to all the races with me. So, you know, they always have and have been supportive of my racing and, you know, want to see me do well and, and work hard at this, um, you know, just work hard in general and, and, you know, what I set my mind to. So, um, this is where I'm at now and, and I'm, and I'm working hard at this. And like I said, I do have their support, which is awesome. And, um, my two brothers, um, they used to race early on and I was kind of the one that did all the, the prep work and, and worked on all the machines. So, um, you know, they ended up going to school and, and kind of stepping out of racing. Um, so, you know, I've always been the one to, to keep pushing at it. And, um, but like I said, they're still supportive of it as well. And, and are they older or younger? I have one older and one younger brother. So you're in the, you're in the middle. Um, yeah. you guys yep. get to ever go ride and train together? Um, not really. No. I mean, you know, like I said, my, my little brother's in college and, um, you know, he comes home on, on breaks and, uh, my older brother, you know, has his own place, uh, in Baltimore now. So I don't, I don't see them, you know, a ton. I mean, we still stay in contact and everything and, um, have a good, good relationship, which is cool. That's awesome. I just, racing families usually, the the family can continues to race together. Um, yeah, yeah. You think your little brother after he gets out of college may come back? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, it's like when we came into this, we weren't necessarily um, a racing family. I mean, my parents had no experience um, in the industry at all. I mean, we didn't know um, anything about ATVs or let alone racing and. Um, so we've stepped into this from pretty much ground zero. I mean, when we had 300 EXs when we were younger, um, you know, we didn't even know how to use the clutch on it. Um, so, you know, let alone work on them. So it's been, you know, pretty crazy. How did the racing thing come about? Um, like I said, just locally, um, some friends that we knew, um, did the racing and, um, you know, went, went to a couple races and, um, just, you know, riding was a thing we would do, um, you know, after school or whatever it was just, you know, we had property and friends with property that we could bounce around with. So, um, yeah, just a way to stay out of trouble as well. So. That's awesome. The, so you just have a natural love for ATV riding. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always, um, I've always looked up to the, you know, like the GNCC, uh, races and, and just watching those videos early on, um, you know, like the, the 23 minute highlight videos, they were, those were always like the coolest thing. And, um, you know, I would, I would watch as many as I could and just loved watching the racing and, and, you know, kind of the excitement that it, um, you know, that it highlighted and, um, yeah, just inspired me to ride and get into some racing. What is it like watching those videos now and you're in them? Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, um, yeah, like I said, who would have thought I would, you know, go from what I said with not knowing anything about, um, you know, ATVs and everything to be able to go out there and, and race at this level. It's really cool. Yeah. Do you, Ever get starstruck in the middle of the race when you realize you're banging bars with a Chris Borich or an Adam McGill or maybe even a, a Walker Fowler? Yeah, I mean, definitely at first, anytime that happens, it's, uh, you know, it, you definitely, I guess you would call it that starstruck a little bit. But I think, you know, the older you get, um, you know, it becomes, you know, kind of a part of you and, and you get accustomed to it. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, all of a sudden you become part of the battle. So, yeah. Have you noticed in the last couple of years, as you mature, that those riders are a, are now you're more one of the guys in the field instead of the kid that's racing? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting there. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to consider myself one of them. I mean, they just, you know, they, they definitely have a lot more experience and, um, you know, continue to, to keep working hard at it and moving forward. So, um, like I said, I am figuring some things out and, and putting some good races together, but I still think we're, um, that I'm kind of part of that newer, uh, generation coming up. Oh yeah. There's a couple names in there that I'm having to do a little research on. You're one of them, you know, Oh, what's going on here? You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember this name and, mm-hmm. and you have to figure it out, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome that you're, I've said it like 10 times that, that you're young at 22 years old. You don't see that many guys or that many young men getting to a higher level this quick because most guys don't get to the pro class till they're already deep into their, into their twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And the rookie years, 23, 24. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've even noticed that on the bike side, they, they stay in their, you know, developmental classes, um, you know, much later into their, like you said, 23, 24. And then they are, you know, jumping into the pro class by, um, that, that 23 to 25 range. So, um, you know, I think for the ATVs, it's a little bit different. Um, just the way the, um, I don't know, maybe the support structure is, um, you know, you can come up through the amateur ranks pretty quickly. And then it's, it's like by 18 years old, you're stepping into the pro class. Um, and you know, I don't know. It seems like the guys that, that have raced currently, you know, did kind of the same thing. They stepped into the class pretty early. That's what I, yeah, I think I looked back and noticed that they were stepping in at 18, 19 years old as well. Yeah. Cause Hunter's not that much older than me. Right. Right. He's a little bit, maybe a few younger. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the older guys, you know, that have been around for multiple years and you know, one of them's you know, 39 and been a multi-time champion. And mm-hmm. that's still got to uh, make you do a double take sometimes when you look back and see them behind you. You know, when, when you think that after watching them on video or, or, or seeing them when you were in a lower class winning races, you're, uh, it probably brings a smile to your face. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool to, to be able to have that experience of, you know, being, being a younger guy, looking up, looking up to these guys, being able to race with them, um, and then being able to, to be competitive with them. Um, so, you know, I kind of came in right at the tail end of Chris's championships and, you know, ever since I've been in, it's been Walker at the top. And, um, like I said, that's still what it is. So. Right. Bryson's looking pretty tough this year coming off that injury. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. We all knew he was going to be strong and, um, he was, you know, showing that strength in, in 2021, uh, fighting for that number one spot consistently. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're sitting one and two right now and, um, yeah, just definitely a very competitive field this year. You know what? Each year, as you progress through the field and you get better, you always end up running close to a specific individual. You know, because the, the, they they may be going the same speed or have trained, and that's just where they are that year. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you spend most of your time uh, rubbing wheels with this year? Mm-hmm. Um, this year, you know, I've I've kind of been. Um, we've all been riding in a group this year, much more than years past. Usually we're, we're a little bit more spread out, but, um, you know, I've had some races really close with, um, Glotta, you know, I've been, he's finished behind me, I think every single race so far this year. So, um, you know, definitely raced with him a lot this year, as well as Jared. Um, you know, he finished in front of me at, at, uh, big buck and he was right there at tiger run again. Um, you know, Cole's slipping it back in there and, you know, Hunter's always, you know, making his way to the front. So I think that group right there is, is 
where I've raced with so far and probably who I'm going to be racing with, uh, for the rest of the season. And, uh, obviously if we could not let Walker and Bryce and run away, then, um, maybe be in the mix with them as well. Have you got to spend any time riding with either Walker or Bryson? Um, not yeah. necessarily, not necessarily racing, but some training. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just briefly. I mean, I, um, with Bryson, you know, it was a couple of years ago, um, you know, with a, with a group of riders in South Carolina, um, and, you know, Walker, I've been able to ride with just a little bit and, you know, we have, you know, I also kind of met him at one of the ATV camps we did a couple of years ago. So, you know, I know all the guys and, um, you know, know everybody on that row. So do you, do you, do you have a training group that you go with or are you just all, all by yourself? Um, when I'm home, I'm, I'm by myself most of the time. Um, last year I had, uh, Ben Kowaleski, uh, he was racing XC2 last year. Um, he's, uh, close home to me. So he, he would come up and ride with me and, um, but you know, down in Florida, there's the, when we ride it at Croom, there's, there's a pretty good group that goes there. So you just hook up with somebody and go ride for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mentors. You know, as far as everybody has a, has somebody that they go to for advice, and and uh, who seems to be your uh, your number one? Um, you know, I, I've had a lot. Um, I've definitely kind of take advice from you know what I see and and anybody that that is willing to give advice. And um, you know, my dad's been really helpful with just you know keeping me focused and um, you know just trying to guide me in the best way to uh, be able to succeed at, at what I'm doing. So, um, you know, that, and, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, I've been working with, you know, some coaches on kind of like the, the mental stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, that's been helpful and, and yeah. <laughs> so, your mental game is your, you're realizing is a big portion of what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Where did you learn your mechanics? I mean, as far as did you just trial and error it? Um, yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah. But, um, I had, uh, uh, the guy that used to help me with engines, Mario, uh, Ruggeri, um, would help me with, with that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, just, just learning by doing it is a big thing. Um, and, and, and learning the engines was another step that, that I had some help with there. So, um, and, you know, same with, uh, Ryan at BNR Motorsports. If, if I have any questions about it, um, you know, he's a phone call away. So that's been helpful as well. So there are some, some people supporting you in that fashion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Your own engines? Is that what I was getting on that? Yeah. Yeah. Like all the assembly and, you know, I can do top ends. And if I need to, I can, I can do bottom ends as well. Wow. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> yeah. 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 One of the toughest parts. Are you looking to do this for a living after you stop racing? Um, you know, I haven't really thought that far, um, as far as after racing, I'm pretty focused on, um, you know, just the racing side of things right now and, and, and just to keep putting it together. But, um, it's hard to say exactly what I could be doing after racing, whether it's in racing or not. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I'm just going to keep focused at this for now. So That's that, that's a pretty good plan until you wake up when you're 40 and going, Oh boy, what am I going to do now? Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, I, I do have, you know, a, a plan of how long, you know, I do want to race. Um, you know, the next couple of years, I would, I would definitely like to, to be in it. Um, and, and, and keep, keep the opportunities open and, and, you know, see if I want to take myself down this road even further or, you know, look at something else. 
is there something else you like to do besides race ATVs? Um, you know, I, I think that the, the, the training side of things is I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, you know, I have thought about doing something with that later on, but, um, you know, that's probably my, my next favorite thing that I like to do is training. Yeah. Is teaching yep. it or doing it? Um, both. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of young, so I'm still trying to learn and, and develop skills and just, uh, learn about this stuff. So that's why I'm more focused on, uh, doing the racing thing right now and, um, you know, trying to make the most of it. And while I have the opportunity, so yeah. Do you drive the rig down or does your dad drive it down for you or with you? Yeah, we go together. So he's usually the driver. Um, and you know, for the first few rounds we've been, I've been driving up and he's been driving down, meeting me at the races. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go together from here out. That's pretty awesome that your family's so involved like that. Yeah. Um, What, uh, what's your favorite place to race? It's hard to say. I mean, you know, I always liked the New York races, obviously just because it was really cool to have a national, um, close to home, you know, the Tomahawk race, we've, we've raced there a few times and Unadilla was always a, was always a big race to have in New York. And, um, you know, but as of lately, I've really liked the, um, you know, like the Ohio races. So that's John Penton. Um, you know, I enjoy the Mason Dixon, which is like, uh, at the high point motocross track. So what, what makes that so not, uh, what, what makes that your favorite? Um, I just like racing in the dirt basically. Um, I mean, you know, the South Carolina big buck races are more clayish. Um, and, and obviously camp Coker approaching next weekend and, and the Florida race are all sand races. So, um, yeah, just, just kind of like the more loamy and, and rockier train is what I enjoy. So you're not into sand whoops. Uh, I mean, I can do it. I mean, it's, they're, they're definitely tough. Um, you definitely have to grit it out, but, um, you know, I, I can do pretty well at that. So have you got into, uh, doing your own shocks or do you send those out? No, I, I don't do the shocks. So, um, Micah with cost custom axis. Um, he does all that stuff. And, um, I have a general understanding of, you know, kind of the mechanics of it, but you know, I don't have the tools and, uh, and everything to, to confidently dig in there and, and service them or anything like that. You think that that's something that you may, uh, you may get into? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because, um, you know, Mike is really good about it and, you know, he's, his, uh, works always work great for me. I've never really had any issues. So I think what I'm doing is working and we'll probably just stick with that. But, uh, you know, I would, I would keep an open mind to it. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a funny guy here. Mm-hmm. So the motor builder guys didn't take care of you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I just, with the, with the engines, it's, uh, you know, it is nice to be able to, to do it in a, on your, you know, kind of on your own time. And, and I can do it in a few hours versus, you know, spending a week with an engine away. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it definitely helps, um, make, make the program a little bit more efficient. I was just being a funny guy because yeah, just the way that you made that sound was like, you know, because the shocks were, did you so well, I was just thinking, well, did you have an engine issue or what? I mean, no, no, no that's no. good. Um, do you run inserts in your tires? Yeah. Yeah. Tire balls. Yep. And have you been with them since day one? Uh, earlier on, I was using the tire spine stuff, which is like the, the foam. It's one piece in the tire. Um, and then when I jumped into the pro class, I switched to tire balls. You do all those yourself as well. Yeah. Yep. And those are, those aren't too bad for install. I have the the tool to, um, install all of them at once. I'm sure you've seen that done before. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. We use them. I like to use them 
out here on the West Coast, they're not as popular um, because tire blocks are here. And in a lot of the environments, tire blocks work really well out, out on the West Coast. Um, but some of the high-speed stuff, the, the balls don't seem to keep the vibration down. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And Kenny's done a great job with getting the durability of his product up so that the high speeds, it doesn't deteriorate as fast. Um, in the beginning, they had some issues with it, but he's done a really great job of making the product better. In your GP-style format and in some of your shorter desert races, uh, tire balls, tire blocks, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. Just depends on what, what you feel more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. We've, yeah. used, we've used them in uh, South America and the Dakar stuff. Um, we've used them in, in so many different things. They use them in, in, I've seen them used in trophy trucks and mm-hmm. the military tested with them. I know that for sure as well. Hmm. What is it again? Tire is it? Well, yeah, the tire blocks is, um, for lack of a better word, a foam block. Right. Yeah. And it's cut and wedged so that it, it's rounded and fills the tire. And it's it's not the same, but it's the same premise. Right. Yeah. No, I've seen them. Yeah. And, and th- th- those guys go to all the races and do the stuff. Do the tire ball guys still uh, frequent the events? Um, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, they are pretty um, you know, dominating product as far as, um, every, I'm pretty sure everyone on the pro line, that's what they're using. So. Yes. It's all, it's all the territory that you're in and what you, what's working at that given time. And in your environment, it seems to be the best product. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if we do, if we do a race and do get a flat, it's pretty rare that, you know, A, you notice and B, you pop more than maybe one or two. Um, so as long as, you know, you're pulling it out and, and checking them every race and making sure all 13 are in there, um, it's definitely the way to go. Right, right. Do you have any uh, issues with trees causing you any grief? Just as far as running into them and stuff? or uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it happens, but I try to obviously try to avoid that. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if we do clip them a lot of times, you know, it's with the rear tire, that's, I'm getting that more than, more than the front, it seems like. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the, the precision stabilizer is, is really big in the trees because, um, with that stuff, you can clip a tree and basically the bars will, um, stay straight versus, you know, cranking all the way to the stop and jamming your wrist. Um, so that's definitely key there. Yeah, it is. Do you run any special wet, wet weather gear, like air intake system, stuff like that? Or you, you run the same stuff everywhere? Uh, it depends on how muddy it really is. I mean, for mud races, you know, we'll, we'll do more foam around the air, air box and, and try to, keep all of the open areas kind of closed and just stuff foam wherever we can so that, um, you know, obviously all that water and mud's not getting into the intake. So, um, which I pretty much do that every race regardless, even if it's, if it's dusty or, or muddy, I pretty much run the same setup and, um, you know, tape the radiator and, and try to keep everything out of that. Um, so overall, I, I try to run one setup that works and, and stick to it. Well, that's, that's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. You, uh, you don't do any motocross training at all? Mm-mm. No, I mean, I, you know, I, it's not like I don't ride motocross tracks at all, but, um, you know, I think riding in the woods is maybe a little bit easier on engines and, um, just overall parts. So I try to stick, stick to that. And, you know, obviously at home I do have property I can ride on. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't have to load up and drive to a motocross track or pay an entry fee. Um, so, but you know, if, if I'm there and it's, it's convenient to ride moto, I'm, I'm definitely not against it. So you ride on private property, so you don't have to get a permit or worry about anybody bothering you. Yeah. Yeah. 
family land or, or friends? Yeah, family land at the house. So we have, uh, you know, I have like a 15 minute lap that I can do at the house. So it works so out pretty good. If you were going to go train tomorrow, how many laps do you, would you do in a day? Uh, you know, I'll usually go out for four laps and get an hour in. Um, I try to work on, you know, maybe some different things depending on the day. Um, I can also do maybe some other technique stuff, uh, you know, no front brakes, no rear brakes, or um, just kind of cornering and stuff like that. But I, I think what's helped me the most is just going out and getting more time on the quad. So, so going out for that hour, not quite as if it was a race, but um, trying to change up your goal kind of every day um, and, and still getting, getting that time in has helped. Will you do a second moto in a in day a, or is it just one? If I do an hour, it'll be just one. But um, if it's like a 30 minute, um, probably do two. So right around that hour mark is a good, is a good kind of benchmark for riding ATV. Um, I, I don't ever go out for like a two hour ride or anything like that. Is that because you're trying to conserve the quad or you just don't want to go ride that much? Um, yeah, I mean a little bit of just conserving the quad. They can really only take so much, you know, especially when you're consistently practicing, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's worked and, you know, sometimes I'll try to ride in that hour, you know, at max intensity as if it was a race and, um, you know, that can kind of, get you ready uh, for the race that way too. Well, that's awesome. I wanted to ask this when we were talking about trees, do you run like any kind of special hand guards, anything to protect your hands? Um, maybe you're running the same stuff everybody else does. Yeah. I mean, we run wraparound hand guards, like just like the bark busters, um, kind of like a dirt, a dirt biker would actually, I don't even know if, half the time that they do or not, but yeah, definitely having the full wrap around hand guards is big. I mean, it's, it takes like a specific setup to have your handlebars hit a tree. You know, usually it's the tires, if anything. Um, but you know, you can have one leaning over or in an off camber or something that, that you can hit that tree with your hand guard with. So that's why we're we're running those wraparounds and and like I said, as far as clipping trees with tires, you know, you'll see bent axles and um, you know, blown out ball joints or whatever it is just from clipping trees. So that, that just floors me that you guys go as fast as you do with all those obstacles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it's the GNCCs are fast. Um, there's no doubt. So they're pretty open and. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you do feel it coming, there's like a feeling of this is going to hurt basically that that tree's approaching too fast. Uh, so it does happen. So, you know, when it's, when you've made a mistake, oops, I'm in trouble. You kind of know when it's too late, but there, there are some cases where you can recover. For sure. <laughs> Have you ever thought about coming out West? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you're talking about like the works, work series. Well, there's works, um, there's Baja, there's, there's best in the desert. You know, there's all kinds of different stuff that goes on out here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent too familiar with everything, you know, as far as the West coast, but, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like it's, uh, pretty cool out there. Oh, it's a lot of fun. If you get a chance and you can, you can get a group of you together so that you can pull your resources and, and bring a machine out, you ought to come and try it out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I think yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. You know, I mean, Hunter did real well when he came out and, and I know some of the other guys have, um, Joel came, Joel Hetrick came out and, uh, won one. Uh, oh, really? yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, depending on who you talk to, he, he, he should have won it, but right. he's fast. I mean, he's just fast. I mean, that guy, yeah. He's got it going on. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Walker. And Joel and Chad and and I know very little about Bryson. Mm -hmm. I've just seen some videos and a, a couple little write-ups on him. 
uh, been trying to reach out to him for quite a while, but he seems like he's a pretty much of a recluse where he just doesn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's, you know, avoiding anything or anything like that, but, um, yeah, he definitely sticks to his routine and, and sticks to himself, but, um, yeah, no, he, he does pretty well. So I, because I didn't see a, a breakdown on you as far as height and weight, you don't look like you're overly thick or large individual. Are you, are you very tall? Um, so I'm like five, nine. Um, I'm usually, um, especially in race season, I'm around 165. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, you know, operating at my best. Um, so definitely not the biggest, but, um, like I said, kind of that, you know, I am pretty strong for my weight. So I focus on that and just being, you know, having the endurance, um, and, and, and having the strength along with that too. And I haven't seen 160 pounds since I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, but that's good. I mean, you, you, it means you're fit and, and, and you lean the fat out and, and you have a special diet that you go off of. I don't really follow any specific diet. Um, you know, just basic principles based on, you know, stuff I've read on kind of endurance training and stuff like that. Um, I don't really like any restrictive dieting or anything like that. Um, you know, but there are some things I avoid, you know, I, I don't drink soda or anything crazy high in sugar. Um, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't drink alcohol or anything like that. So I keep it pretty clean and, and, and try to just eat, you know, enough and, and eat good stuff. Have you, have you looked at any of this stuff? Like Chad Weenan went plant-based. Yeah. I, I think I heard something about that, but I think that would take a little bit more research on my part to try. But, um, you know, I think that I'm always pretty, pretty lean. So I'm trying to eat a little bit more, um, and, and have the extra calories and stuff like that. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely always open to trying things. So, um, if that's something that works and especially, you know, he's, um, you know, I'm not going to say old, but he's a little bit older. So, um, it, it, uh, I'm sure that at a point, you know, you got to be a little bit more sharp on it. So you, you did say he was old. You didn't have to, you, you tried to sugarcoat it, but you got him. No, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> well, Hey, at 37 years old to be an eight time champ and to still go as fast as he does, you know, it's, it's Chris Porch. I mean, that guy, I haven't got to talk to Chris and I'd really like to because of his age and the fact that he's still competitive. He still can put in good laps and, and, and you never know at any given second, he could, he could pop a win off uh, just like anybody in the, in the class. I mean, the top nine or 10 of you guys are going extremely fast. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And you know, it is cool that he's still out there, um, still out there with us and, and, you know, obviously as, uh, you know, has his family stuff, um, you know, with his kids and everything, which is cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, just to have a guy in there that's won six championships and still lines up and, and gives it a go is pretty cool. Yeah. He's, he's in the legendary book. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's no doubt. There's I mean, uh, not many guys in that class with 75 wins. So, well, you're, you're lining up with, with Walker Fowler and Chris Borich. Mm -hmm. You know, that's next to Barry Hawk, who still comes out and supports, um, you know, and you have Bill Balance. You get them all there. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's, there's a lot of legend there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I, I think that that's pretty awesome that you get to race with, with those two champions and as well as the other guys that they're, they're doing some great stuff. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Well, um, Hunter lives in New York too. Mm -hmm. You guys close to each other? Um, He's like a hour and 20 minutes or something like that. He's more up towards like the, the Tomahawk where that Tomahawk GNCC was. Um, so yeah, he's about an hour, a little over an hour away. Beans that, is there anybody else in New York that races with you guys? 
Um, so I don't know if you know the name Greg Covert. Um, he, he's up in that area as well. He's raced GNCCs for a number of years. Um, he actually, uh, stepped away for this season. Um, but you know, he's always raced with us locally, um, as well as Marty Christofferson. He was kind of like the first, um, pro or local pro at the time that when I was younger got to ride with, um, and, and got hooked up with him. He's from Richford, New York, which is, you know, about an hour north of me and, um, got to ride with him. And, you know, so that's kind of like the New York GNCC crew. Did you ever get to spend any time? Uh, do you ever get to go and spend any time with, with Hunter and, and ride in his area or is he come and ride with you? Um, I mean, we have before, but you know, we're pretty busy with the races and, um, you know, he's usually at the New York um, local series that we race. So pretty much every time we line up there, it's, it's Hunter and, uh, Jared McClure comes to most of them. Sometimes Chris will show up to a few and, um, I mean, it's, it, it turns into almost a national race when we get up there, you know, we'll get Greg Covert shows up and same with Marty. Um, so pretty good local series here. So, so the, uh, the big guns come out and everybody has to ride a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. That's pretty awesome that you guys get to, you do have a diverse crowd and you get to spend some time with some real caliber guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, and it helps. I mean, the Mountaineer last year after summer break, it was, um, Hunter won that race and Jared got second and I got third. And that was kind of like who we had been riding with all summer long at that local series. So it definitely does help to get that, get that practice racing. That's awesome. Um, fill me in on end of 2021. I know this is probably should have been the part of the conversation in the beginning. End of 2021, what changed for you? Um, so 2021, the beginning was my first season on the Yamaha. Um, so it was a whole new machine that I had to learn. And, um, you know, I, I had a good package to put together and, um, you know, I did get some ride time on it before the season started, but I still had some things to figure out and it was just little things. Every race I was changing some stuff, trying to make sure it could finish the race and, um, you know, I could make it work. So by round, I think seven or eight, um, I kind of found my groove with it and, and was able to make it finish and put in some good rides. I think I finished seventh at Mason Dixon and then finished fifth at snowshoe. Um, you know, and I didn't change anything in between those two rounds. Um, previously every round I had changed one thing or another. And, um, from those two rounds, I felt good about it and just stopped changing things. Um, and when I say changing things, I mean, I was changing, you know, like the oil, I, the oil I was running, the gearing, um, you know, just little things like that. And, um, finally was able to make it work and just stuck with that setup over the summer and, you know, pretty much committed myself to the fall season to see what I could put together because I'd never really been able to consistently run up front. Um, and, and I just felt like it was, it was time to put it together and, and see what I could do. And how did the second half of the season go? Uh, so the last four rounds, I went three, two, six, two. Um, so I was basically on the podium three out of the four rounds and, you know, my, my, the only time I'd been on the podium before that was in 2019 in the fall. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it, I knew what it took to get there, you know, just the intensity and, and how hard you had to race and, um, how to position yourself, how to, how to set up the machine and all that, that was on the Honda, um, but to be able to do that consistently, um, is kind of another step. So that's kind of the step I had been working on. Well, that's awesome. So you you spread your wings, you, you got a good feel for it and you realize that you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I really just took all the knowledge that I'd learned over the number of years that I'd been in the class and, um, you know, 
it, it was getting to the point where I just kept trying and trying and, um, you know, it was, was falling short. I mean, the competition was so stiff and, um, you know, I was still learning that machine and, um, you know, I kind of had to question if I was going to, um, you know, keep, keep committing to this and, and trying to make a stride forward at it and, and trying to understand what it takes to actually have a career in it. Um, especially, you know, as far as the racing goes, it's, you know, we're not necessarily fighting for a spot on a team. Um, you're, you're kind of fighting for your own program. Um, and I, I had to learn that as well, that you definitely have to make it on your own and, um, you know, come up with, with your own program and, and, and figure it out. Right. That's, that's what we're all doing. That's what we've always been doing. You know, when the factories aren't there, it's all independents that are going to sponsor you or anybody that you bring in from, from, you know, outside that, that maybe a family business or a, a friend business, something like that, that, that that's going to support your racing. Yeah. Because it sure ain't getting any cheaper. No, definitely not. You, you probably don't even want to look at the, the, the bill chart at the end of the year going, yeah, I don't want to know how much I spend. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I try to be, to be pretty disciplined about that stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's part of, part of what you have to do. So I kind of, uh, try to work, work on it along the way and, um, yeah, just, figure it out and do my best. Mom and dad help you with the finances and stuff. So that it help keep you straight. So you know where everything's going. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, you're learning a business skill. So if you didn't stay in the ATV industry, you can always roll into business or a business and you'll have it's running a business and running a race program, you know, dollars in dollars out. You just got to know where everything is. You yep. got track of it, and it seems yep. to be like you have a good idea where you're uh, logging everything and keeping track of it all. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and it is like running a business. Um, you know, it is. You know, I set up racing kind of as an LLC, and um, you know, do all that stuff, and 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 like I said, that's there's definitely more than just just the racing part of it. So it's a lot of work, but. Um, you know, when it, when it works out, it just makes it that much more rewarding. So, well, let me give you some advice. When you think that it's stressful and hard, you could always be at home mowing grass. <laughs> That's right. Or shoveling snow. Right. So, you know, your, your 11th place on race day, still better than shoveling snow, isn't it? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, yep. I, mean, I, I always tried to you know tell everybody. You know, I could be at home mowing grass or kicking rocks, but when you get to mm -hmm. race your ATV, you know, that's just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I love it, man. I, I don't get to race anymore. You know, I'm probably old enough to be your grandfather, but you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's a lot of fun and uh, I've got to do a lot of amazing things and it's been an amazing industry for me. So I, I hope that, that, you're able to do those things and it takes you places that you never thought it would take you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is really cool. And I've met, you know, a lot of great people and, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've always aspired to, um, to GNCC and the racing and, and the racers and, um, just everything about it. So definitely cool to be a part of it. It is. It, it's an amazing industry. <laughs> Devin, I want to say thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. And um, I want to invite you back. So maybe that we could possibly have a, a recap and get you involved in one uh, where we talk to you and another rider or we, you know, do another, you know, individual to where we get a, an update on how your season went, something like that. Yeah, be cool. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, 
or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.